Quarterman, and welcome to episode 18 of the Life on 11 podcast. Man, it's been a journey. <laughs> I feel like you say that every time. I know. <laughs> episode four, man, four episodes. It's been a journey. <laughs> nah, but it really is. It's been yeah. fun. I think attached with each episode is also like where we are in life. So, yeah, in a sense, it, it, every week does feel like. It's a big journey because, and uh, you know, it is. Yeah. You know, so how's your week going so far? It's good. Um, it's been busy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, and we went to Disney Springs yesterday, so that was fun. We're trying to make that like a thing now. Yeah, I really enjoyed doing that. Yeah. Enjoyed a lot of music, getting out. Yeah. Um, my week's been busy as well. It, it's, it's like. Your routine and you have to consistently like adapt and find what works for you. And sometimes that varies mm-hmm. like month to month, you know, and especially if you're married, you have a kid like Zalea is more demanding now of mm-hmm. time and attention, you know, so that <laughs> changes. So now I got to, so it's been busy in that sense of just kind of like figuring out a rhythm and figuring out life. Yeah. So, so as y'all know, we are not a religious podcast. Mm-hmm. So when we do talk about God, it's, it's relational, you know? So, yeah. But we do want to be intentional this episode about talking about obedience, um, how our walk with God is flexible at times. Like it, it varies over a course of time or yeah. a phase of life, depending on where you are in life. And so we want to, and then also like just prayer, like spending quality time with him. So we want to kind of hit on some of those things. Um, so yeah, let's get into it. So what were some of the phases that you went through um, when it came to your walk with God throughout life? I would say there's been like a few. So like maybe like high school, I guess it was like I tried to read the Bible, but I didn't really, wasn't really like getting into it like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like after college, um, kind of like. Well, I was still in college, but like towards Mm -hmm. the end, I started to go to this church and that's when I started really spending time with God. And it was like three, four hours every day Mm because I was like single. I didn't have much to do. Mm -hmm. I was just going to classes and coming back home. (laughs) So I had a lot of time. Um, And then maybe closer to getting engaged slash married, it was kind of the same because I didn't work in the beginning mm-hmm. so I spent a lot of time with God and it was like tough times and good times mm-hmm. um then like I had a phase where like I didn't want to pray anymore where like I didn't know what to pray mm-hmm. or if I didn't pray a certain way I felt like I wasn't praying right or wasn't good enough yeah. Um, I had a phase where I didn't want to read the Bible because it was just, it would make me frustrated because yeah. I didn't understand what I was reading and I just wasn't feeling anything. Mm-hmm. And then going into like um, motherhood, 
is where it kind of I spent time with I spend time with God, but it's very short. It's like mm-hmm. if I can get like five minutes, I'll do it. Yeah. Um, but it's mostly just like you know waking up and just thanking God for the day, or it's when I go and take a shower, I like put on worship music, or yeah. it's just very. Like I can't spend three, four hours yeah. <laughs> if I'm a mom and a wife and, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it's kind of like been, it's changes throughout like life. Mm-hmm. So there's been like, um, yeah, just different phases and stuff. Yeah. And I would say now where I, I spend less time with God, um, but I feel the closest to him. Yeah. Which is weird. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's kind of me. What about you? Yeah, I went through a couple as well. Um, probably like middle school, high school, when you know I only just had the responsibility of school. Um, I remember I used to come home and sit on the porch. Um, I would drop my book bag, and I like I fell in love with reading. Um, more so reading about God and like just hearing different different people's perspective and stuff. And so I would I would be out there three or four hours. Um, I in high school I used to get up and go to like a a twenty four hour prayer before school. Mm-hmm. So I would get up like at five or six and go to a couple of friends. So there was a point where I was like super radical and um evangelizing at lunch. I mean, I was going all out. Like mm-hmm. it was and then um I got into high school and then I got into college. Um in college like life kinda hit me. I didn't have that time that I used to have. I was working. Um, then I eventually moved out. And then when I moved um, to be by myself, I think I hit like another checkpoint, my relationship with God, because I was able, I was, it was just me, you know? So mm-hmm. it was me and my thoughts. It was me and my struggles. And so I was with myself. And so it was, it was a time where I had the time that I used to have with him, but I was kind of confronting real life stuff, um, real life situations, my past traumas, things mm-hmm. that happened to me that I didn't know happened to me. Um, so that was a time where when I didn't work, I mean, I had all day, you know, I, I kind of just did what I wanted to do. And so that was a time. And then I think when I got married, that's when I kind of like learned like to manage that time. Um, so I had to communicate that time. I couldn't just like disappear. You know what I'm saying? So that was another layer. And um, it was a little shorter because now I'm spending time with the Lord, but I'm like, at the same time, like you're out there, you know, like Mm -hmm. I'm off. I want to spend time with you or I got to go to work. So you have to kind of strategize that time. And then now leading up to now, I'm kind of like in a content place where you kind of just find those moments, those sweet spots where it could be five minutes or it could be an hour, depending like if you and Zalea go to the store or you're out, mm-hmm. I'll spend some quiet time with them, journaling, reading, whatever. Um, so those were kind of all the phases. And I think um, throughout all of them, like one wasn't better than the other. Yeah. And I don't, I wouldn't say uh, like I was on fire back then. And then now I'm not, I feel as though mm-hmm. as you mature, you come to a place where it doesn't matter about time. Yeah. You know, like you said, it's like you have short times with him now, but it's you feel the closest you've ever mm-hmm. felt. And I think that comes with maturity. Yeah. Um, I remember uh, 
when it came to prayer and how much you went to church and reading, I remember how that was like a big thing. Yeah. You know, what, what do you have to say about that when it comes to time? Being that your mom, your wife now, you don't have the time you used to have. But that was something we kind of praised growing up, going to church. Like, yeah, I just spent six hours in prayer. You know, <laughs> how do you feel about that now? What's your perspective? Um, I think if you have the time, go for it. Mm. But it doesn't make you better than a person that spends five minutes. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean like your relationship with God is better or mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, so like when it comes to time, it's just whatever you can do. Yeah. So that's yeah. my thoughts on that. That's good. What would you say to um, like a mom out there or yeah, like what would you say to a mom who like now she's taking care of a kid. She has more responsibilities. What would you say to her to encourage her now that she doesn't have that time? Um, I mean, I would say, I mean, it's definitely tough Mm -hmm. to like find a gap or something because it's like, even when the baby's napping, it's like, you got to clean, you got to do this. You have so much running in your mind. Yeah. Like God's probably like the farthest thing. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I would encourage like even trying to wake up a little earlier Mm -hmm. than when the baby wakes up and have like that. 15 minutes to just make coffee and like read a scripture or yeah. like just sit outside with your coffee and just look yeah. at nature. Or you have, you know, time to take a shower or on your drive to work, um, dropping your kid off at school, like whatever it is, that's, that's mm-hmm. time with God. Mm-hmm. And so I think just finding the, smallest gap even if the baby's like sitting down quietly for like three minutes (laughs) yeah you know so yeah yeah one of the things uh that helped me maybe a couple years ago um but i'm really now getting it my mentor shared it with me is in genesis when um when the bible says that when god spent time with adam and eve it was the cool of the day Mm -hmm. and we see that evident when god goes to look for adam and eve and he's like where are you and um, the context of that is that they met every day to spend time with each other. Mm-hmm. And the Bible says when they met, they met at the cool of the day. Yeah. Which means they didn't spend all day with God, which is you would think, you know, they're in Eden. They, they with God all day, you know, and the reality was it was only the cool of the day. Mm-hmm. And the cool way that we um, like to look at it is the cool of the day is the best time of the day. Yeah. And the cool of the day changes day to day. Like before Zlea was here, maybe the cool of the day was at night mm-hmm. where, you know, we're able to wind down. But now the cool of the day for me is the morning because I'm the first one to get up. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the cool of the day is in the car and the cool of the day is just that moment where you're just able to connect. And I think that's the common theme with everything you shared. Um, it doesn't matter how much time it just matters about connection. Yeah. Like when you're able to just be genuine um, not be distracted to give him whatever's on your heart or to receive whatever he wants to put in your heart. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that can be a minute. Sometimes that can be an hour. Yeah. And I think just embracing and looking for that cool of the day moment. Um, for me, sometimes just driving, letting the windows down and just taking a couple deep breaths. Yeah. You know, and um, I want to speak to those like, let's, let's speak to those who, you know, I think we kind of hate it, but I, I just kind of want to stay on it. 
I know some people, as we experience, are discouraged um, that their relationship with God doesn't look like maybe the standard we've painted in, you know, in church in America, right? Mm -hmm. Like you don't pray a certain way. You don't use the right words. You might struggle. Like you don't spend a certain amount of time and that ends up discouraging you. And um, it takes away the uniqueness and it takes away the, uh, just the DNA of a relationship that you can have with God that only you and him can have. Mm -hmm. Um, I find that we both kind of went through that. Could you hit hit back on where you were talking about at times you didn't you didn't even want to pray because you didn't mm-hmm. feel like you were praying and that time slot there. Yeah. And how I guess being in church and then going through that mm-hmm. in your private time. Um, it was very difficult and it was like that phase was very long. It was like a year where I was like, I don't wanna do this, like mm-hmm. I don't want to pray or nothing. Yeah. Um, and I think like the thought of if I don't pray this way, like it's not good enough. It came from maybe the environment that we were in at the time. Mm -hmm. Like, like everyone was praying the same way. Yeah. And it was like, in my head, I'm like, well, this is what prayer with God looks like. And I have to do it like this. Mm -hmm. And if I didn't, it was wrong. Yeah. And obviously that's not like real. Yeah. That was a lie. And cause you know, people's prayer life is different, Yeah, which is great. So yeah, I think it's just the environment that, that I was in was like, it was just one thing. Yeah. So yeah. What about you? Yeah. Um, I think around that same time I was going through the same thing and, um, I got to a point where, Prayer gave me anxiety. Mm-hmm. Reading the Bible gave me anxiety. Like worship music, everything triggered me. Listening to worship music or gospel triggered anger. Mm-hmm. And um, so I felt like I was completely shut out. Like I, I couldn't do anything that I thought was a discipline. And I grew really cold yeah. to God um, around that time. And I was like, man, I don't even think I'm, I'm not even a believer anymore. Like I don't <laughs> believe in Jesus. And what I came to learn looking back was it wasn't that I stopped believing in God. It was that he was peeling back the layers of culture that identified as him. Like yeah. The word I learned it was is deculturalization. It's things that you thought um, made, you thought lined up with the standard of being a Christian. It really was just things we created. They weren't mm-hmm. truths about God. They were just things that we created that took the form of being a son and a daughter of Jesus. And it wasn't that. So a lot of things were being peeled back. I'm like, dang, I don't believe God. And it was like, no, actually, I just peeled back all these layers. None of that was me. Yeah. Let's rebuild. It was was a lot of unlearning things that that we learned over the years. Perfect. Unlearning. It was a a time of unlearning. And um, that was tough. And so going through that season um, was definitely a hard one. But it was a beautiful process of healing. I think we both went through together mm-hmm. and I don't know why we didn't hear this and why it wasn't being said, but I just want to personally say it to those who may be feeling discouraged about your prayer, your prayer time, your walk with God. God is not after how we pray, how we sound, how long we do it. Mm-hmm. He wants genuine relationship. 
Like allow that to be your focus, whether it's two minutes or 15 minutes. Yeah. How can you be as genuine as you can in the moment? Even if it's fear, there's nothing that is outside of the, uh, the need of prayer. Whether you're like, I don't believe in you. Like whatever it is, worry, doubt, mm-hmm. fear, anger, anxiety. Whatever you have to say, like God is not afraid yeah. and there's no judgment. Yeah. Like God is a loving God. He's yeah. not mean or rough. Yeah. <laughs> and our so. prayer is that as you listen to this, you are set free from false standards um, that may have been introduced to you um, that you have to take on when you pray and spend your time with God. And to, you just, I just want you guys to know that your walk with God is to be discovered. It, you don't even gotta be t- it can be in journaling. It can be in a movie he speaks to you. It can be, you can go for walks. You walk your dog. Mm-hmm. It's all about genuine connection. So our prayer is that you, you guys are set free from that. Yeah. And um, as we were, and you would just begin a beautiful healing process to get to know him in a way that you never thought you could. And even like if you can't every day, like it's okay. Yeah. Like, it doesn't have to be every day. Like yeah. if you don't, you're like, oh my God, I didn't like spend time with God. Like it's okay. Yeah. You know, like we're not perfect. Yeah. So. No, it's a process. And I think that's why we started the podcast off with what were phases because we want, we came to the understanding that our walk with God changes throughout mm-hmm. life. And, um, you know, I, we like to talk about the term, you know, being on fire. You know, yeah. that was one of the things that, and I was, one of the things we talked about was that standard of being on fire for God. Whenever, if I had a bad day or I was struggling or even if I was just sad one day, I would suppress that with the idea that I got to be on fire for God. So I can't be sad. Mm-hmm. I can't be down. I can't experience depression. I can't experience anxiety because I got to be on fire. And all of a sudden I'm suppressing the very, I'm suppressing the very weakness that would actually draw me to him. Mm. And, um, and so I found that that was very, it, it had me in chains. It yeah. wasn't healthy. And, um, and it, it kept me from experiencing the natural, the naturals of life mm-hmm. that I think God wants to walk with all of us on. Yeah. He doesn't just want us to just not be human and always be on fire. And I pray you, you know, whoever deals with that would be free from it as I would as well. Um, so yeah, it, it's phases. Like you said, one season you're able to do three or four hours. Mm-hmm. The next you're able to do three, to do three or four minutes, but one's not better than the other. Yeah. Because he's walking with you in that season. He gets it. He mm-hmm. understands. In fact, there's times where I'm like trying to spend more time and he's like, go, go outside with Zalea. Go talk to your wife. Go spend time with your wife. Yeah. There's times where guys like leave prayer. You need to go make love to your wife. Mm-hmm. Like I'm in there trying to spend a bunch of time with him. And, you know, like we need to connect. Yeah. <laughs> like that's, <laughs> that's how heavy the walk is. You yeah. Know? So. So let's get into like um, some stories of like obedience and some things that we had to go through. Mm. And like things that God told us to do. Yeah. What do yeah. you think? I mean, I, I have one I can share. Um, I'll never forget when I remember the exact night where I was living at my parents' house. I was living my life. Best time ever. I was like working, so I was stacking money. I didn't have bills like that. 
And one night I was sitting in my room and I was like, and like, I didn't even hear God say it. It was just a strong impression came upon me and I knew it was him. And it was like, you need to move out. I'm like, I was just, you know, my own little thoughts. So I ignored it. And it got to the point where like, that's all I could think about. Mm -hmm. And I was trying my best to just ignore it. I'm like, well, let me just start looking at apartments or whatever. So I started looking at apartments. I found one, went to look at it. It was cool. I had the money for the down payment and for rent. But I was like, all right, God, like, if this is you, like, first off, like, it was tough because my parents didn't agree. You know, they, you know, had found other ways that they thought would be better. But I couldn't ignore the reality of what, like, I just felt like God told me to do. Mm -hmm. And so... I moved out and I was like, God, I like, could you confirm, please, that like, you, you know, you're with me on this. Like, it ain't me. Like, I, I, I didn't want to move right now. I kind of like where I was. I was comfortable. And so I didn't really have the finances for um, furniture and stuff like that. And probably in the course of like two or three weeks, a friend of ours, they had a queen size bed that they had to get rid of from their guest bedroom with the headboard, queen size. And then Another friend of ours was getting rid of getting rid of a nice kitchen table set. Another one of my friends was giving he wanted to get rid of a desk, so he gave it to me for free. And another friend had this huge couch. I mean, probably one of the biggest couches I've ever seen. And he gave it to me. He gave it to me for free. He's like, just come pick it up. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, I mean, and then somebody gave me a rug, everything. And next thing you know, I'm looking in a house that was fully furnished. Yeah. That I <laughs> like didn't even barely spend a dime on. Mm. and it was like all right and that happened in like a week or two yeah so that was one of the things i'm like okay like i'll glad i'm glad i was obedient and from there like excuse me he provided everything i ever needed mm. and sometimes it was tight but he always provided yeah so what's the story you have obedience um i think one is we were living with my parents and I think I was just like laying in the bed or something. I don't mm. e- remember exactly. But God was like, start packing. Start packing, right? Mm. <laughs> and then we only had clothes, really. So yeah. I just started packing my two duffel bags with clothes. And they were just sitting in the closet. And then like a month later, um, we moved out. Yeah. And <laughs> like, like, if I didn't like start packing and like tell Xavier because he had to pack like his music room and it was a lot in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the moving process happened so fast yeah. that it just, it would have been very stressful and hectic. I think yeah. if I just didn't start packing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's like one of my stories and God's very simple with mm-hmm. me. He'll tell me once I'm like, all right, that's cool. I'll do it. And it's very like, like one word or like, (laughs) cause I'm just like simple. So I just, if he says something, I was like, it's very like quick. Yeah. And I'm like, all right. So that's like one of my stories. And yeah. So. Yeah. Another time speaking of like how God speaks to you is, um, when I was with my ex at the time and it had been, I think around three years we've been together and, um, I don't I don't remember the exact moment, but I remember it hit me like a truck 
um, when he told me like the relationship, like it was, it was over. Like it was time to transition out of that relationship. It was break up basically. But the way he told me was like, Oh my God. And I'll never forget it. He said to me, so a girlfriend so that you can harvest a wife. Mm -hmm. I was like, what? Like it just came to me. I'm like, what does that even mean? And after a while, like it clicked. It was like, like, let this one go. Like when you sow something, you bury it, you know, like a seed dies. Mm -hmm. So that what's inside of it can come alive. And it was like, allow this to die so that you can harvest something greater. Yeah. And um, that was tough for me. Like, I mean, of course, not knowing. I didn't know you at the time. Mm -hmm. But it was that thing of like, just trying to like trust God. Like, I don't know who my wife is. Like, is it her? Like, let her... <laughs> you know, break it for a couple months and you do something, you know, you work inside of her and do some crazy stuff. And then she's like a different person. Like, I didn't know what it was, but I knew like, dang, like I couldn't resist that. And after he like spoke that to me, the relationship began to die mm -hmm. as in it became draining. Um, in every aspect, it just, it wasn't giving me life anymore, but it wasn't even both of us life. It was just draining for us. Mm -hmm. And I was like, all right, guy, like, and it didn't, it didn't happen immediately. Like it take, it took time and it had to be intentional. Um, and eventually we broke up and like, if you listen to the first podcast, you know, that process, but then, you know, a couple months later I met you, which yeah. is my wife. And here we are now. There isn't a marriage. So. Yeah. I, I guess like I have a similar one with my ex. God told me to break up with him. And, um, you know, it's that on and off thing, but it didn't feel right. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, you broke up and then I wouldn't be where I am today if I didn't do that. Yeah. You know, so it's like we're kind of both better off for it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think we've been through enough experiences in life to where we know that when God shares something with us and he gives us instructions, I think what places a healthy fear of God in us is that we understand what can be behind this, mm -hmm. right? Like if we know that if God told us to break up with our current, you know, like spouses at the time or who we were dating, seeing that everything we have now, not that this is the best thing in the world, but it's amazing. What we have now was behind those simple instructions. Mm -hmm. It makes me wonder if God shares something, something with somebody that's listening to this, what can be behind that? Yeah. Right. And the hard part is we don't know what's behind it. So like, it's hard to let go of what we do have. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I don't want to let go of this relationship because there might not be anything better. Or I don't want to let go of this job or I don't want to move out or I don't want to move back in with my parents. Like it, whatever that is for, you know, whoever's listening I think we've been through a couple of situations where when God speaks to us now, like in which we've experienced, he spoke of some things to us that are challenging us, mm -hmm. but all we can do sometimes is reflect on like, well, when he told us to do this, when we were obedient, we found that we lost one or two things, but we gained 15. Yeah. And it's not to get stuff, but in reality, it's just being obedient. That's what life, at 11, life on 11 is. It's mm -hmm. living a life of obedience which yeah. we believe is a successful life where, I mean, it, it's incredible. Yeah. 
So I want to like hit really quick because I know some people don't know what like if God tells them something, they don't know it's God or they don't know what God sounds like. So Mm -hmm. can you like hit on that? Yeah. I mean, we love to talk about the obvious of like, does, you know, God, does God have a deep voice? Mm-hmm. You know, like, is he like, do the, the clouds part and his strong voice of thunder falls from heaven? And I would, I would dare to say it's the complete opposite. Mm-hmm. Like the voice of God will often sound like your own voice like in your thoughts. Mm-hmm. And if not, in your head and in your thoughts, um, then something from the outside, and I mean, it could be a countless amount of things. It could be through a movie, through a song, through a person, through a dream. Um, But one thing we both can attest to is first, that the Bible says that my sheep know my voice. So I think above all, if you have a relationship with God and you're a son and a daughter, you know his voice. The struggle isn't if he spoke. The struggle is, do I want to believe that God just spoke to me? Right? That's scary. Mm-hmm. Especially when he gives you instructions for life-changing information. And then, um, secondly, when God speaks, there's always conviction. Mm-hmm. It's always a voice of authority. As in, you said it, when he, he says it once. Mm-hmm. and when that thought impresses upon your heart and it doesn't leave, even if you try to change it, you try to manipulate it, you try to argue with it, you try to like compromise with it and it won't budge. Mm-hmm. It's a voice of authority that I know for us, that is um, a very strong sign. Like, okay, like God's speaking to me because I'm trying to disregard it. I'm trying to argue with it. Like I mm-hmm. just experienced something a couple weeks ago where, God like told me to do something and I, I wrestled with it for two or three days. Actually he told me it a couple months ago, but when the situation came and I had to make the decision, I wrestled with what he told me in December. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm obviously fighting what God said because when God speaks, it's a, it's a voice of authority and conviction comes with it. Um, and then thirdly, I would say it always aligns with his word. Like mm-hmm. God will never speak something that contradicts his character and his word. And so that's one of the importance of reading the Bible. Um, you won't say like, oh yeah, go. Well, I can't say that either. <laughs> I was going to say, God won't be like, go steal some gum from the store. But hmm. if, if God wants you to have gum and he tells you to steal gum, he's going to make way for you to get the gum. So I'm not going to even say that. But but you did though. I did. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. Like, um, I think that when God speaks, it's... um. It kind of just lingers there. It stays there. Mm-hmm. And until you do it. I know for yeah. me, it's like, it will not go away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> After like months and like weeks, <laughs> it just stays there. Yeah. Um, and it's peace. Like you feel peace and it's mm-hmm. not fear-based. Yeah. Um, it's not like an evil fear. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Even if it's something difficult, even if it's something scary, there's always seemed to be a peace. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, when God like, led us to get married after two weeks. I mean, that had to be terrifying, but we had peace. Yeah. It was weird. Um, even when we were like getting into it and arguing, we just still had peace that like, and God led us here and mm-hmm. he's going to keep us. Yeah. So 
let's get into um as we kind of come to an end, let's get into let's let's speak to those who've experienced church hurt. Mm-hmm. Um we I know we've had our personal experiences um over the course of time and I think we've we've done a good amount of healing um by the grace of God of course and so what would you say to um people who've experienced like church hurt maybe being judged or rejected or condemned um well first I would say I'm sorry that the church hurt you mm. um but we know that it was people that have hurt you or said things to you or judged you or looked at you up and down and you mm. know uh things that quote unquote church people shouldn't do yeah um i would say that i would you know find healing in it because it's no good for you to be unforgiving or hold grudges toward other people yeah and i know it's tough mm-hmm. but um just coming from myself personally where i've been church hurts where it's like it's just tiring to be bothered by other people that have hurt you yeah and it's tiring and it's exhausting Mm. and so and i just want anyone that's been church hurt that it wasn't jesus that hurt you Mm. because jesus loves you Mm. he died on the cross for you like he wants nothing but the best for you yeah and so yeah just even like talk to him about it and yeah just he'll rescue you yeah what about you yeah i agree going through my personal experience uh, which i'm i'm still currently in i had to uh like i said i experienced triggers and um sometimes worship music would trigger me Mm -hmm. certain scripture would trigger me um even just certain lingo just different things trigger me and one thing I've had to do over the course of time is to uh, identify the thing that triggered me, um, go to the the point of the trigger and allow myself to detach that from Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like for a while, I couldn't listen to church to worship music because I was in a space where I've seen people sing certain songs, radically, you know, worship and behind closed doors those people like backstab me so i'm like yeah people who like in my brain process that people who sing this song appear and are praised before others mm-hmm. as in- incredible people after god's own heart but can backstab you and hurt you when the yeah. song's over that's how my brain process process that and i had to like sit in that pain like i sometimes had to go to the moment sit in that pain and say this this was the flaw of humanity this is a flaw of someone who's hurting and jesus is over here jesus is over here and in fact he's comforting me in this moment and saying it's okay mm-hmm. and um so going to those moments like pinpoint those triggers don't like just let them trigger you like those are those triggers are messengers they're yeah. saying hey like, like if you have a cut on your arm you ever like got bit by something and you ain't know you got bit like a skater yeah <laughs> skater <laughs> and um and you like you just rub your arm and like oh something was sore and you go to where it hurt because like where you felt that is where mm-hmm. the the root is and so going to those those moments and saying like look God like 
This is a trigger for me. Help me to separate this. Help me to forgive them and understand this wasn't you. Yeah. I think I struggle with that. Like even um, because we didn't go to church for a while. Now we're kind of going here and there. Mm -hmm. And it's just hard for me to like want to get close to somebody in church or like Mm -hmm. uh, just get to know like the people that are like head of things, like leaders, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like difficult still. Yeah. It's like, I don't want to know anything about your life. Like, I don't, <laughs> yeah, don't want to know anything. I just rather yeah. not know. I mean, because we, we've seen drama. We've seen yeah. how ugly it can get. Mm. You know, you, you have expectations of where you think people who are leaders or yeah. who are, you know, have titles of, you know, how they should live, talk, and be. And everyone's human. Mm-hmm. And you eventually, like, now we learn to take those expectations off of people. Yeah. Like whether you're you you a parking ministry or you're an apostle from Nigeria. I like I don't know. Whatever that <laughs> is, you're a human. Yeah. And there's been times where I I I struggle with that cuz I've been belittled at times because of someone's title. And mm-hmm. I've learned that. I'm like I, I appreciate you have a title, but we're like at the end of the day we're all human. Yeah. Like we all sin and fall short. And um and then pray for those people. Like mm-hmm. that person, that leader or that pastor, whoever it is, like pray for them. I think that's tough too. Like, especially when you're hurting from that person, mm-hmm. but it just makes you a bigger person and a better person. Yeah. And God will see that and bless you even more. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. There's a, a book I'm reading on spoken sermons, George McDonald, where he breaks down that he was like, it's to be honest, it's impossible to pray for your enemies because you got to sit in the reality of the evil that they did to you. Like whether they backstabbed you, cursed you out, rejected you, whatever. But he says, I, I don't, I don't truly believe that the Bible calls us to love those part of people, that part of those people. I think the Bible calls us to pray for the humanity side of them. Mm-hmm. So what are the things I've, I adopt when I have to pray for somebody and forgive them is that I, I kind of remind myself of their humanity. Like there's a song that says, when I look into the face of my enemy, I see my brother. Like there's a part of them that apart from what they did, you can love because they're human and you're Mm -hmm. human. And so sometimes just allowing them to be human and understanding they were hurt in a way that, I don't want to say enabled them, but they were hurt in a way that reflected that behavior on you. And it's still going to be hard, but I think- just putting forth the effort to make them human kind of, it gives you the grace to forgive them. And I um, mean, it heals you in a way, you know, to just say, Hey, you know, they have a title, but they were human and pray for them. And that doesn't mean you got to be around them. That doesn't mean you got to go to that church. That doesn't mean like you got to let them in that space again. Mm-hmm. Like I think boundaries always should come after forgiveness. And you don't have to go to them and be like, I forgive you. It could just <laughs> be like, like, what do you mean you forgive me? <laughs> I didn't even know you were mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> How long you been holding this? <laughs> but it could be just in your own time. You don't yeah. have to call nobody or text nobody. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think to sum up just that, that whole conversation is don't allow um, pain and hurt you've experienced from church uh, keep you from pursuing a relationship with Jesus and getting closer to him. I think that's that's the biggest takeaway. Like, mm-hmm. 
I encourage you, like, if you have been church hurt, lean into it. Allow it to be a moment that you walk with with God and say, God, like, I ain't want to talk to you right now because my idea of who you are and the place that I thought would be the most safe ended up being a painful experience. And you know what? He'll sit right there with you and he'll walk with you through that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's important to just bring everything to him. And yeah. I think as a loving, as the loving father he is, he'll walk with you through that. Yeah. And so, well, we, we hope y'all got something out of this. This was, we usually don't do, you know, talk this heavily about it, but um, about, yeah. you know, God and. That's my dog though. Ah. Uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and for those of you wondering, one of the reasons we don't hit church a lot and we don't talk about church and i mean we could talk about the five-foot ministry we could talk about healing we could talk about prophesying (laughs) soul tie we could yeah because we talk about it we've but one of the reasons we don't is because we're currently in a space of healing ourselves Mm -hmm. and so everything we talk about on this podcast is because we've experienced a degree of victory enough to share from a place of victory or growth. Yeah. Um, and we're just honest enough to be like, we're not there yet when it comes to that stuff. So y'all be patient with us on that. Mm-hmm. Maybe one day we'll talk about casting out demons and <laughs> some of the healings that we've seen. Yeah. We've seen some crazy healings. I, I, I try to get destiny to share one on here, but she's like, no, I sure <laughs> it didn't anyways. really go what we we're talking yeah, about. But, we're one time I'll share it anyway. Okay. One time we were in Georgia at my aunt's church. We were, it was in the lunchroom, uh, the kitchen at my aunt's church. And there was a couple that came there or when a couple, it was a mom and a daughter. I think they came there to get some food and destiny went up to them. I think you asked them, could you pray for them? Or is there anything we could pray for? Mm-hmm. And I think the lady says she had a tumor yeah, on um, like her shoulder blade. On her shoulder blade. And didn't she put your hand there? Couldn't you feel it? It was like a big old bump. Yeah. Go ahead and now explain the rest. <laughs> so I was just like praying. I was just saying, uh, I declare um, the tumor to leave and things like that. And it started going down and I was, I felt it like leave. Wow, yeah. And it was gone. Literally felt a tumor shrink on the spot. Yeah. So we have like plenty of stories yeah. like that. Which is just so crazy because people forget that Jesus heals. Yeah. You know? But, yeah. You know. You know, I, I find that it's we. It's another time. I know. I was going to say one thing. <laughs> I'm just reminded that sometimes we we become comfortable with a Jesus who doesn't do that stuff. Yeah. We become comfortable with a Jesus who just carries around his little Bible and comes to church and leaves. Like he never heals, mm-hmm. never delivers, never speaks. Yeah. And so maybe we'll get into that topic or. If y'all hit us up and about it, we'll do it. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be a long one. Yeah, we have story after story. But yeah. So yeah. This- so we appreciate y'all, you know, always tuning in and uh, supporting us. And we love the feedback all the time, every week. If you have any questions, you can email us at lifeon11podcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram at lifeon 11 DM us. And yeah, we hope you guys enjoyed this episode and we'll see you next week. See y'all. Hit us up with any questions. Bye. Peace.